this is Kenny Omega. We're listening to One Nation Radio. Check it out, guys. These guys know what's up. Big Kenny Omega fans, and that's all that counts to me. Goodbye and good night. Thanks. This is Mike Semper Baby from WrestlingObserver.com. Check me out on Wrestling Observer Live every day. And also check out your boys, Rich and James, on One Nation Radio. Woo! He now rocking with One Nation Radio. Welcome to the program. James Boy, Richard Ladder, and a couple friends. With the show for your wrestling needs. Shopping off the rest of the IWC. We gon' tell her how it is. We gon' shoot from the hip. If they putting out trash, we gon' rip them to bits. Make sure that you tweet us and you rate the shows. Tell a friend to tell a friend. Now let's get it on the road. Hey. One Nation Sports. One Nation Sports. One Nation Sports. Welcome to One Nation Radio. And now, here are your hosts, Rich Latta and James Boyd. And thank you for listening. SocialSuperSports.com. Welcome to the February 11th edition of One Nation Live. James, what's going on, man? Not too much. Just excited for the upcoming week. Uh, we're getting close to WrestleMania. Uh, and, you know, it means also close to time to get to New Orleans and everything. And Black History Month and Black Panther, NBA All-Star Weekend. Good times is here. Yeah. Uh, it's been a, uh, interesting week in wrestling. A lot of stuff was announced. Um, it's not listed on our list of topics, but, um, Rey Mysterio and Jushin Thunder Liger just got announced for, um, Strong Style Evolved in Long Beach. Um, that's a pretty big match. Uh, it's a rematch from 1996's Starcade event. Um, these guys are a little bit older now, but, um, you know, when Liger comes to America... When Liger comes to America, he don't be playing around. So, your your thoughts on that, James? Yes, thoughts. Yeah, uh, yeah, thoughts. Yeah, you gave me a thoughts. Uh, yeah, man, it's um, it's a big deal for me as a person that like grew up loving, you know, obviously loving Ray. I have a special attachment to Ray. Like, I've always I've always thought that he, for me, he's the most spectacular to his time compared to his time, the most spectacular wrestler I've ever seen. So, um, you ha- you throw that in there with Liger, a guy that you know. What the is? Is he the greatest? Uh, is he the greatest Japanese junior ever? Yes. Or or is it second behind Tiger Mask? No, I, I would say it's Liger. Yeah, like it's there's, there's only or, been one not, of those. If it's not like if it's not Liger, he, like Liger's have been the, the most successful one since since himself. So right. there you go. Like I popped during the uh, the New Japan Rumble when he showed up and was heated when he got jumped too. Yeah. So there's that as well. Yep. Um, so let's, you know, it, March 25th, they will be facing off. Uh, it's going to be an interesting match, um, uh, because Liger, <laughs> um, he had his last appearance in the best of super juniors last year. And it was kind of like how they did with Yuji Nagata in the G1, but they didn't let this guy win anything. So, um, with Liger, I actually was, uh, recorded keeping a strong style this week with Jeremy and Josh. Um, and we talked about this like in depth and it was like, I think Josh brought up the point. It was like, well, do you want to have Liger in like a six man or eight man match that like means nothing? Or d- can you just do something cool with him? And what cooler could you do with Liger at this point? So, uh, I yeah. thought that was uh, important to mention. Yeah. Like that's a, like that's a match that like, and anybody that's like, that's followed the rest of the world over the last 25 years is going to be like, going to hear about him, like, you know, and perk up a little bit at the very least. So like, that's a, that's a really good, uh, that's a really good um, pairing there. Very good pairing. So let's get to it, man. Uh, Ronda Rousey and Stephanie McMahon. It was written in the Wrestling Observer newsletter this week that the key reason for, or one of the key reasons for Stephanie McMahon, or excuse me, for Ronda Rousey being signed with WWE is to get Stephanie McMahon over as a mainstream star. James, when you, when you heard this, like, what was your reaction uh, to that story? And you know, some of the and both sides of the fence, like, you know, like, what do you know? When when I see that thing, you know, Stephanie McMahon has her own set of detractors. We've given her hell here. We've also defended her in the past. Um, I don't know, man. What do you think about this? Yeah, um, I'm pro Stephanie. I think that they overdo with her and she's overbearing at times where she just basically just runs roughshod over all the baby faces like the last uh, year or so until 
it was time for a woman's rumble where she had to actually put over people she you know got help you know sprinkle some dust on them sprinkle dirt on so um yeah like I, obviously she serves a purpose obviously she's very talented at what she does i think they they go too far with it and they don't pay attention to the nuances of what they did in the past with her father to help um ascend other guys into the stratosphere like rock like a rock or austin or foley so um they never they never play to that they just play to she's the authority figure therefore she is a star and therefore needs to be treated strong the same for hunter um hunter gets his um gets his his up his uh come up it's more far more often um based on the number of appearances than um the stephanie does but um Everybody knows that she's she's very talented what she does. I th- I think people. I mean, it's kind of like when she shows up, there's still remnants of the authority, of course, and people are kind of like you know done with that shit. They're kind of like, dude, yeah, they're they're kind of they're just over that. Um, and I mean, they've taken breaks. She's been going for it. she's been she's taking breaks and been going for a while at times, especially you know this year. But you know. She shows back up that terrible music, and she's still like, oh, she's just a. If she feels like a drag on the show at times when she mm-hmm. shows back up. Um, now, as far as them, you know, there's the story coming out about um, they they brought Rousey out to make her a mainstream star. Like I say, I would say good luck to that. Like, who <laughs> is the last mainstream star WWE's had? I guess John Cena, but in you know. Cena's thing has come from being on top for essentially 15 years and then branching out right. into music and film and having other talents right. other than being a professional wrestler. Right. Um, yeah, so, I mean, they produced one, all of one of them in the last 15, jeez, uh, yeah, like thir- uh, 16 years. So, I mean, best of luck with that. Uh, but, I mean... If, if that means that she's gonna, you know, be involved in something that's, that's high stakes and is entertaining, I'm for it because, like, we don't have anything that's really high stakes or entertaining as of right now on the calendar. And I don't know if it, whether to blame that on the fact that, like, there's just a stagnation or they're just very scared to pull a trigger, or if it's a thing where, like, the triggers will be pulled at each, at uh, both brands' respective uh, uh, penultimate. Uh, Temporaries before WrestleMania, and they're still just buying time. But like, it feels like we're in like a holding pattern right now, and and, and it's and we're in a weird place because after after like the what do you say like uh after like the 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 just the the joy that happened for Royal Rumble, we felt like we we're going to start getting stuff, and now we're two weeks now we're two episodes of Raw and SmackDown past, and it's just like, uh well we got that nice little jolt, and then like we still got to wait again. And it's kind of like, you know, you kind of feel like, can we go, like, does every single feud for WrestleMania have to start, like, literally in the last four weeks? Like, can we get, like, something to lead us towards this? Like that, like that, of, like, that's not just long, not just long-term story building that builds towards a crescendo. Can we get, like, a crescendo, like, here, now, or something like that, that starts something? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I I get the Stephanie, I understand the, the, you know, the annoyance of the Stephanie thing, but I mean, gotta be honest, like we kind of know that that's what's going on. It's been, I mean, they've been the forefront of the company and the biggest stars of the company for 20 years now. Like, I don't, like, it's not like the Roman Reigns thing. It's been like, oh yeah, like, yeah, it's annoying that Roman Reigns is going to be the, it's going to be the guy they coordinate over and over and over again, but like you look at your recent history, you know that's going to happen. Like, either, either, like, get with it or get rolled over. (laughs) <laughs> I, I prefer to like you know take acknowledgement of that, find enjoyment in other stuff in the, um, when it's not good, and deal with that. So I think the thing with it is it it I feel like the feeling of it's always about the McMahons and never about the wrestlers that does exist, yeah. and I think that's a major Absolutely. problem with this because not only can Rousey like come in and certify your next women's stars like with Steph, I guess, but she can actually mm-hmm. be a star herself and also mm-hmm. help like Charlotte, Oscar. Like if you really want to commit to this, uh, to the, to the, uh, women's evolution thing is more than a marketing term made up in a boardroom. You can really do this in an organic nature. And I feel like throwing Stephanie out there is just like, <sighs> 
I don't know, man. It's, it's, I, if Stephanie's the talker, if she's like someone like, like a central figure that's always kind of there, but she's not the direct star of things, kind of like how Vince was, you can do that. But if this is setting up for the box, quote unquote, box office draw of Ronda Rousey versus Stephanie McMahon, who the fuck wants to see that? Well, um, I agree with you. My thing is like I'm, I, I thought it was. I, I always figured like when they talked about making her the top, making her a mainstream star, that the the, the point was what you just said at the, at the beginning, which is like use her as a vehicle to get uh, over the other women eventually. Like, and also like along the way, like I believe that like you put Rousey with Stephanie. Stephanie gets a bit of a rub by getting her ass whooped by Rousey, and then Rousey's still around the company. Stephanie is not is like clearly not going to mess with her after she gets her arm broken or whatever else. And then like Stephanie comes back and starts like, you know, trying to put more this doing kind of like what she was doing in the beginning of 2017. But actually, like you know, if she starts getting physical with like the other women, that will help raise the other women's profile, like to get whooped by to get whooped by Charlotte or or, or Sasha. Or, you know, even bring back some of the women in the Rumble that that showed that showed really uh, good uh, that, that that showed really good um, show what they had left in the tank. So like, there is not just because they think she's there because they're pushing using Rousey to make her a star doesn't mean like it's going to be exactly what happens in your worst nightmares. Like, relax, <laughs> chill, at least give them a chance first, right? Like, and, you know, and you know. Like people talk about us, for example, or, or us as far as like being a, a negative, whatever. And I think most of us, like, we always at the end of it after whatever we say, come to let's see what they do. We always come to let's see what they do, and then like we be like, look, this is the potential dangers of them doing this. Let's see what they do. Now, most times we say that, and then. Then we, up, we like, end up right. Bad. <laughs> yeah, we end up being right, but like at least we're fair to be like, look. This is the dangers. This this is the dangers. These are the pitfalls, and this also like could be something they could do to actually change some stuff up in a, in a different different direction. Try to shake some things up, um, and freshen in um in a, in a positive step. So, and we always say at the end of it, we'll see. And we always wrong because we I mean, we're not the bookers. We don't know exactly what's going on in their mind. We know where we see kind of the like, direction they're headed, but we don't know how it's going to turn out. Right. Let's go to some and, some of these comments. You know, we're, yeah, so I, I would suggest to everybody to calm down, relax, breathe, and see where it goes. Like, if it goes bad, you can kill them then. So uh, Kyle Moore says, Steph is good, but she doesn't take enough L's. Um, Simon said, right. Vince McMahon maybe got five to seven victories over Stone Cold Steve Austin. Stephanie and Triple H always look dominant. Uh, for example, Seth Rollins, Batista, Daniel Bryan, John Cena, the Andre the Giant promo from 2015, Charlotte Flair, and a bunch of other-ish. Um I remember that John Cena one where she was like, who do you think you are to get to announce yourself, uh, you know, to do, to announce your match for WrestleMania? I remember that one. Um, Simon also says, Stephanie is a, is a blip or a blight on the show as a, as a character who is rarely wrong and never called out on her hypocrisies. Sergio Parra says, at least Roman can still put on good matches. Nicholas Guerrero says, if they do it, I would like a week to Oh, real quick. Like the last Stephanie match I saw was like you know the second was one of the better matches of the that women have done in the last like three years. So, I mean, like, I get it. it, it like, if you like, take look, out, I get it. If, if you take out the the four horsemen women standard, yeah, you, you can put like if you completely remove that, sure. No, no, no. Like even including that, I, I didn't say best. I said better. It's one of the better women's pay per view matches in the last three years. That match you had with Bree, it absolutely is. I like to build up more I, than match, but I liked all of it. Like the, but the build up was better than match. But the, but the match was so much better than it had any bargaining be because it's Steph, it's Stephanie McMahon, it is Brie Bella. Yeah. Um, so Nicholas Guerrero said, if they do it, I would like to, a week to week build, not just a couple of sprinkles of things here and there, like Triple H has done in the, his last couple feuds. Um, Simon also says WWE hates organic things if they don't align with their plans. Simon also said that's not saying a lot, James. It's not really saying much at all. I don't know what that's in reference I th- to. I think that's in reference to the Stephanie McMahon Brie Bella match. 
I mean, okay. Would you rather like? Would you rather see Dana Brooke? Like, <laughs> like what are you? What are you saying here? Like, I get it. Like, people are tired of her. I'm tired of her too. However, that's not where they're going with. And I'm great. Like, look, if you're frustrated, like, absolutely big your frustrations about it or whatever else. But at the same time, like, just know you can be frustrated and still have an op- open a mind to whatever they can do. Like, it's not they're not mutually exclusive things. Right. Um, so if you guys are watching this in the Facebook group, do me a favor. Hit me with a like for this video. Keep it, you know, at the top and get more people tuned in. Um, next thing we want to talk about was Alexa Bliss, the feminist heel. So this was one of the more interesting things on Monday Night Raw. I have been out on the forefront of this Alexa Bliss is whack shit for almost a year or whatever. And I appreciate those likes rolling in, folks. Um coming across the screen they um alex i think this is her first money promo and this one i don't know if it necessarily makes her me want to see her wrestle or anything but it makes me feel like there's something else there and it makes me feel like she's actually cutting promos like grounded in some kind of reality even though you know you wouldn't ever essentially equate her with brock lesnar or anything so (laughs) but in the you know she she raises a great point so she came out there and was like hey this needs to stop she tried to be a good sport but what angle is doing is wrong and completely unjust bliss went on and accused angle of bad decisions and being against company policy on equality. Um, she talked about how the, the title is on the line in the women's chamber match while Brock Lesnar doesn't have to defend it in the men's chamber. And she wondered why she didn't get the same privilege. Is it because she's a woman? Angle basically said Lesnar defended his uh, title at the Royal Rumble and he doesn't know what Alexa is trying to get at there. Angle said the last time Bliss defended the belt was at TLC, which has kind of been a running gag on the internet. But then Bliss was like, yeah. that's not my fault. You ain't you ain't booked the shit, so how am I, how am I defending yeah. if you don't book? And then she wondered yeah. why... Yeah, they, go ahead. Yeah, no, sorry, go ahead. Oh, the, go ahead. Um, then she wondered why Angle is treating the men's champion different than the woman's champion. Um, and she asked Kurt Angle if he values Lesnar more than her, which is absolutely ridiculous on his face. But um, then she goes yeah. on and said, Angle is being sexist. And then, you know, from there, Angle was like, hey, it looks like Alexa Bliss is just trying to weasel herself out of the Elimination Chamber. So they flipped it to the audience, who is never going to agree with the bad guy in this situation, and said, would you guys like to see her defend the title in the Chamber? And then Bliss talked about, you know, she wants respect, and, you know, she left the ring and whatever. But I thought this was a very good segment. What did you think about this, James? Yeah, I think this was her best promo that I've heard her do. Uh, I would say the other one before them was um, when she uh, when she first got into it when they actually shined up Mickey for a month for to be her to be her challenger for that. Uh, I think that was TLC, right? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that was the best one since then uh, when she was calling her old woman, which is like okay, whatever. Um, so yeah, I. I thought it was really good. I thought that it it's had, it has some groundedness in um in truth, which is you know which is all which is you know for a heel. I think either you have to be like either ridiculous or have a point. Right. You have to be one, either you have to be, either you have to be, be either be you know have something something to stand on or you have to be a straw man. One or the other. Mm-hmm. There's no in the middle. We're like wishy washy. So yeah, I thought it was really good for her. And um, I mean, I don't want to see it wrestle, but whatever. Um, <laughs> like, but like you know, like if, if she's a person that, and she does, she's a person that has a great delivery. Just they never give really give her stuff to really do as far as her character work to actually get over the fact that like she's over as people say she is. So like they gave her something that people actually can really buy into. So what good do you, for them. What do you make um, of them positioning feminism like as a heel trait? Well, I mean, I like it about this as much as uh, the fact that they did. Uh, I like it about as much as what they did with gender, which is like, oh yeah, like diversity and inclusion, like boo. So like, I, I, have, I have issues. I find some of that to be problematic, where they're making like, oh yeah, equality is is a heel is something for heels, but yes. I mean, yeah. it's better than it's better than what they've done with her before. Jesus, so, that's not saying look that that's saying you know the. I think they need more women now, that's back not, there. That's not really yeah, saying now, much. Simon, now, that's not saying much. Yeah, exactly. Now, that's actually not saying much. Yeah. Um. So, 
Simon in the comments says, Alexa says, do you value Brock Lesnar more than me? He said, that's like comparing filet mignon to great value hot dogs. Damn. <laughs> uh, Sergio says she's the female Miz. Uh, I don't know. I think Miz has a lot better matches, but. Um, that, I would say. That, I've heard yeah, that, I've heard that I mean, phrase before. before. Yeah, I've said that before. The problem is, like, Miz is a lot better than her. And, like, the mic, like, getting other people over, trying to get other people over, and also in the ring. Um, Miz can go out there and have a really good match uh, if if you build towards it and do what Miz does well. Uh, we don't, we still don't know what Alexa does well yet in the ring. Uh, Devlin says I don't think it's going to be a thing going forward. I, I assume he, he's talking about the feminism. He says I'll see where it goes, but to me it was just a one time thing to get people talking about her again. Could be right. Same here. Um, same here. So she could she could continue doing her same promo she always does, except like literally like. Two sentences brings up the fact that, like, the unfair treatment for, you know, among women. And you know what really help her out? If she got clicked up with, with Stephanie. Mm-hmm. So. That would really help her out if she got clicked, out, clicked up with Stephanie. Like, because right now it seems like they're going towards the Alexa and Nia thing. So, like, Alexa don't even have a heater right now. Like, if she had a heater or if she had somebody else that could, like, champion her, like, help put her over. Like it will be, it will be even better. But like she's pretty much just kind of been on her own lately. Um. So Sergio says early Miz. Nicholas Guerrero says Miz is better in and out of the ring and a brand ambassador. Um. And then Sergio says before SmackDown Live, I saw a lot of hate for the Miz. That's correct. Um. They weren't letting Miz really do much, and I don't know. So they um let's see what we got next wwe's black history month videos that they've done on raw and their collection that they've put out james you you're smiling right now so <laughs> i'm gonna just throw it to you man what, what what do you think about wwe being the caretakers of uh of, of black history i mean at least they're giving out a, a black history thing every single week right and they've Correct. always done that it just this year this year is the best year compilation they've ever done of like if you include like the Martin, the Martin Luther King Day um, segment as well, like you throw that in, and then you throw in what they've done um, as far as like the, the stuff they did when, when they were in Memphis, uh, just going through uh, the uh, that, that museum. Like this is the best work they've ever done. Um, I think I think a lot of it is uh, a lot of it is. Hey guys, look at the look at the progress we've we've done we've had over the last fifty years, which is like to a lot of people like that's a big deal. Let the, 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 it's, it's, it's a nice reminder to let people know where we were fifty years ago. However, a bit of it seems to me like look look how far we've come as far as to like yeah, look how far we come. Also, like can we also talk about like where what, what Martin Luther King or all the civil rights uh, leaders are were talking about like beyond just getting to like black people being second class citizens? Can we talk to like where else we need to can we also talk about like in later episodes where we also need to go like <laughs> yeah a lot of a, a lot of it is like self congratulatory i mean uh, self congratulatory i can't even say the word there's a lot of congratulatory back thing basically yeah i can i can get out of the word yep. but like a lot of this pattern themselves in the back like you know uh so like get to that i guess like is what it, to me like i said to you um I, I don't know if i said it in the thread or i said to you personally where i was like they're talking about like the sit-ins and everything, uh-huh. and talking about like yeah, they wouldn't let people sit down and uh, and, and eat it in white restaurants and whatever, and and it was and it was really really segregated. And black people, white people were were not a lot, were, were you know didn't live amongst each other. And I'm thinking to myself like, yeah, uh, I don't know if you guys know this, but like it's been 50 years, <laughs> and like white people, black people still just about at the same level don't live amongst each other still. So yeah, you know maybe you know. Uh, you know, Google, you know, type in like Google, you know, hop on the Google, Google machine and type in like current day segregation or school segregation or de facto segregation and see what pops up. You, you might learn you something, but whatever. I mean, it's better than what they've done in the past. So yeah, um, I in, guess in the past, I, look, this is not saying much. 
Yeah. Now, now and that's going to be the phrase of the day. Um, <laughs> so, uh, with the with the um, ones that they've done in the past, they've just kind of been like little profiles here and there, and it's just like, oh, you know, whatever, you know, salute Bobo Brazil, you know, different stuff like that. But I think they actually tried to do something with this, and they prepared for this. It wasn't just like something they just you know reuse over and over again. Like they went to Memphis a couple months ago. They talked about it when they went, and then you know they're bringing it back and showing different portions of it and having your biggest stars show it that uh, more than and in the past they've been guilty of this they've only had the black wrestlers talking about Black History Month this month they had Roman Reigns on there um, talking about it they had Mark Henry of course they had Titus O'Neil they had Seth Rollins on there they had uh, a couple more people on there as well uh, Alexa Bliss I believe was on there um, and it was like it's showing like hey you should probably listen to <laughs> like if you're not going to listen to it you know anywhere else well see what roman says about it you know something like that so a guy that they've you know propped up in front of their company whatever so like i can appreciate that i didn't have a problem with it i thought it was actually done very well and you know i yeah i thought they were well done i just think they i, I think they were well done i just think like there's a lot of irony with it I feel like if you're going to talk about the progress that's been that's been made, you also have to talk about what's left to be done. Right. You know what I'm saying? All I'm saying is like the work. Like you need to make an imperative that like the job ain't been done, it ain't been completely done yet. Yep. That's that's all I was saying. Like, but yeah, they they have illuminated the fact that like yeah, there has been of, of what what's been overcame, and I think that's important because we get the further and further we get away from like the civil rights act, the civil rights movement. Um, the more and more we forget about like how absolutely terrible conditions were for uh, for for brown people around this country, um, but you also need to highlight like there's still work left to do in that. I mean, but other than that, I think I think they've done a really good job. Cause it, it, to me, other than it, th- this is the first year where I felt like their packages about this stuff has, have felt like sh- have, have not been disingenuous. Yeah. That's that's what I say. Like the other ones, I felt like were just like just lip service, just platitudes, just something to do to kill time. As opposed to like actually showing like an appreciation, which is like you know we we've done this we've done this how many years in a row? Yep. Talk we, about we, this. We like, normally cover. Show. We, we do like we normally do like a big like segment on race and wrestling like in either January or February of, of every year. Like, and I don't necessarily think this is it, but this is just me wanting to kind of talk about it a little bit. We'll probably get to it eventually this month. Um, I did write a column about, you know, wanting to see, you know, I'm ready for the next black WWE champion or whatever, but um, I think... Uh, what up? Amongst the Reddit crowd. Went, it I went over well. Well, crowd. amongst the Reddit crowd, uh, it was very popular. It got a lot of, like, engagement and feedback. And I didn't really get anyone that was saying, you know, the the standard lines of, like, like you got a couple here, like, I don't care what color the champion is, and the da-da-da-da. It's like, all right, you missed a point. But <laughs> uh, <laughs> but it, it was my most popular column on Lords of Pain uh, to date. So, um Okay. So they they um also released a collection uh, last year. If you guys have been uh, walking with us on our journey with One Nation Radio, uh, I went on an absolute tirade last year <laughs> about the rock not being included in um the black history collection and kind of like the overall like the erasing of the rock's blackness uh in wwe and this year i mean he's on the collection so i'm really happy about that it's like oh okay you know they showed him in a match that he had in 1998 with triple h um question from nick he said who would you pick as the next black wwe champion on the main roster or nxc roster i think you got to look at biggie you got to look at xavier you got to look at jason jordan and you got to look at velveteen dream i don't think you can go wrong with with, with either of those i mean given what we're right now um (laughs) (coughs) before this surge i would have said jason jordan because they they're pushing them regardless of how how badly it failed and like, I mean, he he has something in the ring. It's just like you know that that the, what they gave him was so bad. He's he's Angle's son. Like that was that was that was death. Oh, <laughs> uh, so that like, was just death. Couple of things that they. But put- once they get past, but but I think once they get past that, like he'll 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 get somewhere. I think he'll get somewhere once he gets past this whole thing. Sergio says no, Kofi. I mean, I love I love Kofi Kingston, right? I don't know. 
We'll see. We'll see if he can do the, the talking that is required that can do it. I think he can definitely do the wrestling. I wouldn't be opposed to it, but he's just not in my top, you know, section. Uh, and Nick Nicholas Guerrero yeah, says he yeah, would love to see off, Big E. The bloom, the bloom is off the rose with Kofi. Like if if they're going if they're going to pull the trigger on Kofi, it would happen in 2010 or whatever else, not like now in 2018. Yeah. Um. With with Kofi, it's like. He may he may be the most decorated mid card wrestler of all time if you all things considered like he's the longest he's reigning tag team champion uh, in WWE history he's won the U S title a shit ton of times he's won the Intercontinental title a shit ton of times I mean that's not a bad place to be but <clears throat> it just may be a a case of where the they missed they missed it you know the best thing I can say but. Hey. Um, like, co- and he might be honestly like it before, even before, even before the New Day run. Like he was probably a Hall of Famer even before then. Yeah, uh, if, if you're just talking about like, like if uh, someone like <laughs> I hate to do this, but if Coco Beware was a Hall of Famer, <laughs> I mean, I, I think a great argument for Kofi Kingston exists for the Hall of Fame. Well, I, I think I think you asked me the other day if Dolph Ziggler was a Hall of Famer, and I was like, well, yeah, because. And then I basically like took it, broke it down to the same like numbers of WW of the NFL's Hall of Fame, which is like whatever. But like roughly every year, um, about two percent of the, um, or basically about like two percent of the of, of rosters make it into the Hall of Fame or whatever. So like if you do two percent of, of WWE's current roster, it leaves they leaves you roughly like five to six guys get in a per year. So if you say that over a decade, like if Co- is Kofi one of the biggest, uh, one of the fifty biggest acts over the last decade, the answer would be yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like that's where that's where I come. Uh, that's where that was my line of thinking of with, with Kofi and uh, Dolph Ziggler. So, like yeah, he probably was. And then he felt, once you throw in the New Day stuff, like yeah, he might be he might be a two time Hall of Famer on the low. <laughs> Before it's all said and done, uh, the Celebrating Black History Collection uh, they, they've got some stuff with Boba Brazil. They've got uh, Ernie Ladd along with Muhammad Ali in there uh, and Jake Roberts. Um, they've got Junkyard Dog. They've got uh, Tony Atlas. They've got Coco Beware. They have the Soul Patrol. They have the Rock, as I mentioned. They have a really cool um, tag team match between the Harlem Heat and the American Males from WCW Saturday Night with one of those, the most captivating interviews I've seen uh, from the Harlem Heat afterwards. Uh, I didn't see any New Jack on here, though. I, I, I was kind of disappointed by that. I, I, I love New Jack. Um, we saw a Jacqueline Hall of Fame profile her win the title. D'Lo Brown win the European title, which is always cool to remember uh, because he treated that European title like it was the world title, you know. So APA then he won the Europe then he won the European title in like ninety eight. Yes. So this is after like this after like Hunter already killed that belt, right? Kind of. He was like, nah, Dilo Brown okay. was like, like did his thing with the U- with the inter- or Euro- European title, and then he won the Intercontinental title with it. At one point, he had them both. He called himself the Eurocontinental champion. So he he did it right, before right, Kurt Angle. Right. So uh, you know they had, and then they they kind of missed a big gap of time uh, between some of the stuff from the '90s, and then they jumped all the way up to like 2011, which had Karma entering the Royal Rumble. Um, they have the Rat Battle on there, James, which I think is like one of the best WWE segments they've ever done. They've got uh, Team Bad, they yeah. got Velveteen Dream, uh, a couple interviews with Ron Simmons and Booker T, uh, different stuff like that, and Biggie winning the uh, NXT championship from Seth Rollins and of course the soul of wrestling which if you haven't seen it on Legends of Wrestling it's one of the best things on the network yeah it's the one they put up like after the Hogan thing right yep <laughs> yeah, I, I forget like they had, they had those yeah like I forget yep. they put it up like immediately after <laughs> After that, they had to get rid of Hogan. You're like, yeah, let's put us, let's put up like us talking. Let's put up all these guys talking about black wrestling. No, I think it was that. And you remember that column that guy wrote that was like WWE's problem with race? I think it was after that. Um, uh, wasn't it basically talking about the fact there was only like there was like fifty, there was like fifty something or close to fifty champ or over the sixty something year history, there's only one black champion. Yes, Is that was the one you're talking about. I think so. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I remember that. I remember um, that article. 
Speaking of, uh, no, I'm just kidding. Um, WWE has a serious problem right now. Um, they are playing with fire right now with John Cena. John oh, Cena yeah. is kind of just showing up, doing his thing, being very cartoonish, not acting like a real person at all. Uh, I don't know if this is part of the gimmick right now. He's supposed to kill time until The Undertaker shows up and challenges him. Because I think we're headed to a um, situation with Cena where they, the man, he's consistently saying, all I want to do is make it to WrestleMania. All I want to do is make it to WrestleMania. And I think what's going to happen is we're gonna he's going to find all roads to WrestleMania blocked like he's not going to win the Elimination Chamber. There's going to be no real opponents. He's going to come out there and essentially try to, like, quit or just say, you know, I guess I won't be at WrestleMania. And all of a sudden, the gong is going to hit, and we know how this works already. But... What do you think is going on with Cena, like, aside from that? As far as, like, when we say they're playing so, with fire right now. So, like, do you remember, like, 93, 90, yeah, like, 90, 1993, when, like, Hogan had turned 40, and Vince was talking about, like, yeah, we want to phase you down, and then Hogan <laughs> left for WCW. You remember that? Yes. So... Like, I look at that, especially, like, you look even 90, you know, even, like, 93, where, like, if I remember wrong, wasn't Macho Man doing commentary for WrestleMania 9? Yes, and, wrong. and he should have been wrestling. Because, yeah, because he had turned 40 as well, right? So, like, and also, well, Macho Man also wanted to get off the road, but, like, same thing here. was like, Vince always had this weird thing about once you turn 40, like, you're you're a, you're a, you look you look bad on TV. This that, and the third, and it's time to start some new guys. That's what kickstarted the new generation. That plus the steroid uh, the steroid scandal. Yeah. So you look now, and it's like you saw Goldberg at fifty. You see Undertaker still come out once every so often. You see Lesnar lording over the uh, lording over the entire roster. Um, and everybody change. else they bring back. Whether it's whether it's Vince's son or or whatever else, Triple H, the game, uh, who you know seems to be reversing in age, of course, but whatever. <laughs> there. Um, so you think about it, where like we've never had a top guy like stay, or I guess it's past, especially past the peak now, a top guy like the top guy of the company stay past the peak as opposed to leave or, or do something or, or take his ball and go home or whatever else. And now you see it, and you're like, oh, my God. Like, as much shit as we gave Hogan for, you know, being this political monster and always having to get his win back and, like, you know, whether he puts over Sting or, or he always has to make some make himself bigger, you know, put himself over regardless of whatever else, you see it now where, like, if Hogan had stayed, this would have happened to him. If... Austin wow. has had like just decided like yeah I'm gonna let Brock beat me on TV. This would have been his fate. Like same thing when he was fighting Scott Hall at WrestleMania 18 it was like this, this dude would have definitely been phased down, and this dude would have been turned back into a mid card geek after if he had stayed past his prime. And so we're finding out why dudes like, leave essentially while they've been on top. Yeah, and, yeah. It's like all right, done done it all. Why stay here? And just stick around just because just for the love. What's the point of that? Like. And you look at what since since he lost the title at Elimination Chamber, which he never got his rematch back for. But, oh, actually, he did in a three way, but like whatever, he never got a proper rematch. You look at what he's done, and it's like he's still he's still important. Like, but he, he's important to the fan base. But like they 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 do not like he comes back and it's like oh yeah we got some for you. Is it important? Yeah. It might be something, but you know, whatever. Like they, they give him opportunity as opposed to as opposed to an erection. Um, and they're playing with fire because, like, you wins and losses matter, and this is proof of it. And they did a they, he did a whole lot of winning for so long, and now he just comes back and takes L's, and it doesn't matter. Shrugs them off. Serves no purpose. He just, he just out here just, just getting pinned, and it's like, all right. Like, we talk about this all the time. Like, you go back to 2013, and they never knew how well they had it when they had three top baby faces that all that the crowd all cared about. And right now, like, 
who, who's the most overbaby face in the company right now? AJ Styles? From a crowd perspective. Who's on, He's okay, on SmackDown. Who's on SmackDown? <laughs> or, you know what I'm saying? Like, on Raw, who is it? Um, Strowman, right? Yeah, I Strowman, think you gotta right? go with Strowman, yeah. Who's after that? Who's even close to Strowman after that? Like, as far as, like, who's who's beloved by the crowd? Jesus. Um, maybe Seth Rollins, but I think Seth Rollins is, like, kind of, like, he's got his own set of problems right now, as well as Finn Balor. Yeah. Yeah, so it's like, all right, man, like, you don't want to, in my opinion, I don't think you want to necessarily, like, treat that, like, mistreat that, not appreciate what, what John Cena is still. Like, mm-hmm. you you might, you need to get it while it's still, getting still good, because, like, He's forty. He like he looks. He's not nearly the low, like. It's almost like the the, the AJ Styles match happened, and like he just like went back to being like the wrestler he was three years ago, as opposed to what he was from 2015 to 2000 to the to 2000 the, the very beginning of 2017, which was like a really good main event wrestler, big match wrestler. It ain't. It. it, it I mean, I'm sure it's still there, but it. Ain't, I have not seen it yet yeah. since he since uh, that Royal Rumble. Yeah, it's it's been like almost a year, and I think um, like Cena always has a set of detractors that's that's ready to like run him down at any moment, and they've kind of had to eat, you know, shut up for <laughs> two two years or so. But with this this slippage, they're coming out with the claws out right now. I feel like. Yeah, I I I, I mean, I'm 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 really worried with like with what's going on with Cena. With the star level, and granted, like all it takes is one money, pro- all it takes is one money program and one money uh, promo, which I'm, sh- which he still can absolutely do, and and then like the direction changes, but like it's been so, it like it feels like that Royal, that Roman Reigns and Cena thing, like that before that match, that seems so long ago. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, but yeah, um, the SmackDown Live top ten. Now this was absolutely ridiculous, James. Um, <laughs> if you guys have not been paying attention, um, they are unveiling a wrestler voted on, quote unquote, um, list of the top ten, you know, stars on SmackDown. This is supposed to be used for Shane McMahon and Daniel Bryan to gauge opportunity, uh, future title opportunities, and, you know, whatever type of bullshit. Uh, I think it's actually like a storyline rather than a list that they need to um, take serious. But the way it's been presented so far, it's been quite strange. So, nonetheless, let's get to the list. Number 10, Ty Dillinger. Woo! <laughs> Number nine, Randy Orton. Number eight, Becky Lynch. Number seven, the SmackDown Tag Team Champions, the Usos. Number six, the New Day. Number five, the WWE United States Champion, Bobby Roode. Number four, Naomi. Number four, Shinsuke Nakamura, the winner of the 2018 Royal Rumble. Number two, the SmackDown Women's Champion, Charlotte. Number one, WWE Champion AJ Styles. <sighs> James, shoot holes in this whole thing. Okay, so, like, if if I remember correctly, uh, the week before when Brian said they were doing this list, it was, it, um, the, this is from the locker room voting on who they think are the top ten guys most deserving of, of opportunities in the future, and the catch is that Wrestlers cannot vote for themselves. So, um, one, there's no heels on it, which is bullshit, because obviously evil motherfuckers would link up and come up with a way to put themselves over or uh, find some way. Like, there would be heels that right. would crack his list. And I think eventually it was serving some purpose for heels to pop the show, heels politicking backstage to actually uh, basically whip up some votes. So, um, you have that. Uh, and then you also have the fact that, like, Future opportunities. Well, number one, number two is Charlotte. Number one is AJ Styles, and number seven is the Usos. They're the champions. What opportunities can they get? They already got opportunities around their waist. Yes. Um. So that didn't make any sense. Uh. I. 
I think the only way for them to come back with that is next week's list has to be all heels on it. So it has to be like a, a literal joke the whole time. You're like, all right, man, what's going on? And then they got to essentially get to the bottom of, of revealing people's votes. And I think maybe you get something out of that. But on its face, it just looks absolutely ridiculous. Ty Dillinger at number what 10, is- while he's not yeah. won a damn thing, he can barely get on TV. Nope. They don't want that man on TV because yeah. they're afraid he'll get over right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. Randy Orton at number nine. I mean, have you seen Randy Orton lately? I don't know. Um, no Rusev. Well, he has to be not. Well, his thing, right? If if Todd Dillinger is ten, Roman Reigns. I'm sorry, then now Randy Orton has to be before him, or has to be higher on the list than him, right? I would assume He's on so. TV. Yeah. Um, Naomi all yeah, the way like up at number four. Naomi all the way up at number four. I can't remember the last uh, Naomi match I've seen, um, like as far as like a singles match. And I don't know. It's it's pretty weird. Uh, the New Day over the Usos. Yeah, they've they've got they've dug themselves. I don't. You know, Craig Mack once said, "You won't be around next year. You won't be around in five weeks." That's what I feel like is about yeah, to happen with that, this. That, that will not last. That will not last a month. That no way. Um. Hey, no way. Yeah. So, so do you want to talk? So do we want to talk about the thing that pisses off the most this week? Oh yeah, that's next. Okay. <laughs> that's next. Uh, so there was a WWE United States uh, Championship match uh, this week between Rusev and Bob Roode, and Bob Roode defeated Rusev clean in the middle of the ring. Yes, the guy that has the top selling merch. The guy that has the crowd chanting for him, not in his segments. The crowd, the guy that the crowd is like going ape shit over right now. Rusev was fed to Bobby Roode, who was fed to Randy Orton. And our whole comment section, and thank you guys for chronicling this in real time, because we screenshotted this just to show the anger of, <laughs> of, of everyone in the comment section all together. It was WTF, what the hell are they doing, this is stupid, just everything just murdering them. James, when you saw Rusev get pinned by Bobby Roode, what was your reaction? Uh, I, my reaction was exactly what I posted in the thing before everybody else. It was fuck off, fuck right off, which is, I mean, it was stupid. Like, it's a mid-card belt. Um, it doesn't draw. Um, you don't have to take it on the road to, to draw anything. It doesn't, it, like, it's just a, it's just a, it's, it's basically just, oh, uh, what do you call it? A paperweight. So, if the belt doesn't mean anything right now, and Bob, and, uh, Bobby Maroon, uh, is, it's been completely underutilized his entire time on the roster. They brought him up with this, with no direction for him to do anything. And Rusev got himself over organically. Like maybe, I don't know, run with it. Like what, what, <laughs> like what does it cost you to put a belt that doesn't draw, that's not supposed to help you draw and put it on somebody that's popular? Like I don't understand what, what's the, what's the big deal about that? Like, it'd be one thing if they had plans, Bobby Roode. They clearly don't. Yeah. Um, I don't like, know. Is he going to, like what? What is Bobby Roode doing at WrestleMania? It, it, it looks like you know a Randy Orton match is kind of far off. Like I don't think that's the match or anything, and I feel like that match might happen way before WrestleMania because WWE has shown they're not really about saving matches, you know, except like two of them that they've saved this year. Um, because everything else is fair game. Like you know, I uh, Randy Orton versus Bobby Roode on SmackDown. Is just the same as Randy Orton on versus Bobby Roode at WrestleMania. They literally have yeah. the same value. Yeah, like Bobby Roode versus right now, Bobby Roode versus Randy Orton is, does not mean it for the SmackDown. Like it's like the it's like the ten o'clock segment or the nine o'clock segment. You mean? Yeah, that's what I meant. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And with them beating Rusev and then Orton sliding in for the RKO, it was almost like. This whole thing just got fed to Randy Orton. Yep. <sighs> Bro, I'm ready. Like if to they have a, Orton like if they have a three way and it's something, it, like if they have a three way and they and they find something to do with uh with with Orton cool or whatever else, but right now, nah, man, like they should they should over Russo. And I mean, and you know, it's, it's typical is WWE's fashion. We're like, oh well, he's a heel right now and he's super over like a baby face, so we're gonna turn a face. So 
we can afford to beat him right now because once he turns go, once he turns, it won't matter. Which is like it's like just stay, just keep him a heel and start letting him win. Like <laughs> like you don't have to turn the guy. Like I I don't know, man. Like remember remember how we always talk about how they learn how like they they like they look at their history and they, and they learn the wrong things. Yes. Where like it's almost like they're Dolph Ziggler watching Shawn Michaels matches, so it's, everything is like the best of Shawn Michaels stuff as opposed to like. Any of, stuff, any of the like the smaller things that made him great, and like if you sit and look at it, where it's like, yeah, we did a whole bunch of crazy shit during the Attitude Era, and it, and it made and it made Austin, Vincent, and The Rock gigantic stars. And it's like, dude, like so, so they're like, we we should do the same as that thing. Like, nah, bro, like that's that's not what happened. You had three stars, therefore you guys actually managed to become successful in spite of the bullshit y'all did. So, like you look at it, it's like, well. You know, we had Austin, who was a heel, and we beat him at WrestleMania, and he became the biggest star in the industry in the short term ever. So it was like, all right, so that means we need to beat guys right before we turn them. Like, nah, man, you killing, you killing people. Are you killing people's jets off? Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, poor Rusev. Uh, the dude, everything he does gets over, and this, is, this was his reward. So um, always remember, don't ever try to get over by being the best at what you do. <laughs> <laughs> like, I would like, I would just like for somebody that they that they have big hopes for, or or they have, they have big plans for in the future, to like them to like let them sort of like you know figure their way along the way while keeping a steady push, and then like see what can happen. Like, like who had besides? I mean, Strowman was a was was clearly a win for them. Like they they created Strowman. Absolutely. And then Strowman got better in the ring, so that also helped as well. Yeah. But, like, the list of guys that they quote-unquote made is so small since we started watching again, based off of, like, what what they did and what they did alone got them over. Like, is it, what is it? Like, is them, is, is Strowman, is Ryback, um, there's got to be other people that I'm just blanking out on. But for the most part, like, all these, most of the guys that get over is, like, they did the work. So, like, let them do the work. Oh man! So, um, what do Seth Rollins and Finn Balor do at WrestleMania? It seems like Seth Rollins is like cursed right now. Seth Rollins, everybody that gets linked up with Rollins is dropping like flies. Uh, Seth Rollins is kind of confused. He's wearing these Harlem Heat pants. Um, he's just <laughs> kind of lost. Like it feels like he's not really a main eventer anymore. I think he could use a change of scenery. Like jettison that man to SmackDown immediately and make him a top star again. That that year it, it spent in the tag team division. This can be like the fork in the road of his career. Like either right now he's gonna go back to main event status or he's never going there again, I feel like. So I was listening to Chaz podcast this week and I listen to Chaz podcast almost every week. What up, Chad? And he he had mentioned that he thought that uh that they've, he said that like he said that there's always been even he's not concerned about Seth more or less because Seth has always had a direction. They've always had something for him to do, which is kind of like, yeah, no, that means sorta. Look, you know what that means? Like, it's due that bill about to come due <laughs> the wrong way. It's like, like yeah, that that is true. However, like the direction they have for him, well, one I sort of disagree because like. After WrestleMania, there was there really wasn't nothing. They really had no direction for him, really. Um, they just lucked, they lucked into the. By the time they got to the summer, they lucked into the or not lucked into it. Like they had the Ambrose thing, but like there was like a month there when he's fighting Bray Wyatt. And it was just like, oh my god, this is not direction. This is just bad. Um, and he's in, he's in the danger zone. And then luckily he found he got he was able to redeem himself with with uh, Dean. But you look at it now and it's like, yeah, I mean for the most part he was right, but. Just because he has a direction does not mean that it is like headed in a direction towards really compelling television or really compelling um, matches you want to see. So, um, I I don't know, man. Like he he's in a rough spot. Like I don't know if he's gonna like unless he gets put with Miz or something else. Like I don't see how what match he has. Like what 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 match do you see like for WrestleMania? Like Seth Rollins is in a weird place right now. You could put him with. And this is gonna sound awful. He put him with Elias. 
You can put him with. I, I definitely don't want to see him near Cesaro and Sheamus ever again. Um, Same here. You could put him with Strowman. You could put him with. But I feel like Strowman's spoken for. Um, Same here. It gets real rough on that Raw side. Like, I think this is the perfect year for WWE to break out their patented, hey, we'll do a Raw versus SmackDown match, and then Seth Rollins will be the Raw representative against someone on SmackDown. Like, you know, if, you know, Nakamura and Styles are spoken for, maybe, like, and they've done Owens and Rollins a bunch. They've done Zayn and Rollins on TV uh, before. I don't know, man. He's uh. Yeah. Remember, remember, remember when they had several. Remember when they had several on his job or uh, put over Sami Zayn because he lost the music. Yes. Remember that? Yes, I do. And missed out on the Royal Rumble, and it showed up to take over like a fucking geek. He got escorted out by the police after doing without busting so much as busting a grape. Yes. Yeah, man. Like they, 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 like, gee, I want. And you look at that, and you're like, gee, I wonder why we're in this situation with several Rollins right now in 2018. <laughs> Who could have popped you from seeing such a thing? <laughs> <laughs> Bro, like they've done a lot of like like inadvertent damage to Seth Rollins. Um, comment from Layla. She says, "Never Cesaro and Sheamus. I think Miz for the Intercontinental title would be good, but there's got to be a build up to that feud." Poor Seth Rollins. Yeah, I, I mean, we all. I mean, given what we've heard about the car, where it's like it, people have heard the Braun Strowman Miz thing, it's like that does not sound like a good idea. Hopefully Braun Strowman gets removed out of that situation and put into the Rousey situation where it's Rousey and it's, and it's, it's Strowman versus match. Stephanie and Hunter. And uh-huh. Like Strowman being like the biggest gimmick there is right now. Like he needs to be in like the biggest gimmick match possible at WrestleMania. I think. Right. Right. And also like, you'd be like, look, we, we, we did this mixed match challenge all the whole way around to get, to, to get Braun Strowman ready for, for the mixed tag match. Yes. Yes. That man's a mixed tag champion out here on you boys. Oh, yes. man. Um, look, look, you know how mad, you know how mad people will be if you be like, yeah, see, y'all say the W, y'all say WWE number doesn't even want to turn booking. Tell me why Strowman was a mixed, that was a mixed tag, uh, champion or whatever. And then he went out there and did the same, did the same thing at WrestleMania. See, they was playing this for months. Somebody will say it. <laughs> Somebody will say it. I promise you. I know. Oh, man. Um, yeah, man. Uh, last thing I want to talk about today is the resurrection of 205 Live. James, have you seen the Roderick Strong versus Hideo Tommy match? I have not. I heard that it was one of the – it might be one of the best matches uh, on WWE um, main roster in like a year or so. It was probably the best match in the history of the 205 Live show. Um, they really, yes, like it was on another level. Like as far as like you know, just okay. the near falls, the suspense, the moves, the hard hitting uh, nature of everything. Like it's right up there on that Neville level that we used to talk about. Um, wow. Yeah, so, and this has been, like, a part of a renewed focus for 205 Live ever since, you know, Enzo uh, abdicated the championship um, for reasons that we won't uh, get into anymore here. Um, They had the announcement of Drake Maverick being the GM, and Daniel Bryan also opened the show a couple weeks ago, and the whole thing has been, like, a big I'm sorry to to, to wrestling fans uh, and, you know, Got people that like like 205 Live and then saw it go into the to the toilet with Enzo at the helm. Um, it's been like, hey, let's get back to what you know everyone liked so much, which was the CWC, which was rated extremely high, which was critically acclaimed. Um, they're going to do a tournament now where the culmination will be at WrestleMania. Um, we don't have the full bracket, which is like something that they're probably doing to they're probably trying to get someone in this tournament um that will surprise us but what they've done so far is use people that we don't expect to um normally or we didn't expect to show up like we saw tyler bait in one round we saw roger strong in this uh, this this one and these guys have reset everything and i think this is the perfect way to go about it and i still think they have a long way to go like as far as like what happens after the tournament but i don't think you can like do it any better than they've done it thus far um james if there was somebody that that you would go ahead and give the nod to as the next cruiserweight champion uh and kind of you know lead forward with this like who would it be or or is there someone else in the you know that you might put in the tournament Hmm. Well, 
there's somebody that I would that I would absolutely make the cruiserweight champion. The problem is he should probably be the NXT champion right now. So it's like, can he do both, or can he like you know, or if he has to choose one or the other, I'd rather be the NXT champion. So like, I'm not even going to go there. But yeah, I, if they, I think that they're like you said, I think they're purposely like not showing you the bracket so that like they can keep they can keep like bringing in surprise people. So like, you know, they have a match or whatever. And then, like, they'd be like, okay, so next week's matchup is, I don't know, Ray, I don't I don't want to say Ray Mysterio, but somebody that's a, of that ilk where it's like a, somebody that's coming in for, like, a match or two or for a little short run, be like, right. this person versus a, versus a, versus Davari or whatever. You know, you could actually pop the radius for, like, a week and be like, oh, my God, y'all, do y'all know that, like, freaking Liger's going to be here for, you know, for, like, two weeks? Uh-huh. Do y'all know that? So I think, I think that's, I think that's a bit of what it is. Um... But like, it would be nice to see brackets. Like, you could still show brackets just put up like question marks in it, right, right, or whatever else. But they haven't been named yet. Yeah, that would be cool. Uh, Jason, yeah, just only announced it like the week on the episode like before to be like the building anticipation for the next show. Jason Barksdale said, "205 Live is becoming NXT light, and I'm okay with that." I am with you. Um, I raised the argument last summer. I was like, there was, and this was like during a really like bad period of main roster television. Um, I was like. Is there any downside to trading out NXT and 205 Live those two hours for the five hours of Raw and SmackDown every week? Like, how do you lose? And I think we maybe end up, you know, if this thing goes, and, you know, it has been announced that Triple H is now essentially the booker of 205 Live. He's taking control from Vince McMahon, and that's what I think everyone's getting excited about, and it's felt radically different over the last couple weeks. Um what are what are your uh, thoughts on that? You know, and I think that has to do with the XFL stuff. But you know, I yeah, we'll see. I um, I'm I'm I don't want Triple H spread too thin. Um, by traveling around two shows, having to travel uh, back and forth, back and forth. I mean, even though like, you know, you, we know he's there. Um, Often anyway, but like I, I, I'm concerned about doing too much, uh, and also that like he's doing two different shows, two separate rosters. Um, a lot of you know guys are coming in from NXT into uh, the Cruiserweight uh, show. Like I don't know. Like I think he can do a good job. I just worry about being being spread. One guy being spread too thin, which is like what we have with Raw, Raw and SmackDown with Vince. Uh-huh. Or like you have one guy that's in charge of five hours of television. Now, granted, like being in charge of two hours of television, and one of them is, uh, you know, pre-taped for like a month ahead of, uh, ahead of time. Like that's not necessarily the same thing, but um, that's burning a lot of candle wax at the same time. And they hired uh, Jeremy Borash for NXT, I believe, to assist uh, Triple H with NXT. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how how it all uh, you know breaks down. Like, but I feel like 205 Live is in the best uh, place it's been at least since uh, the middle of last year uh, with the Austin Aries and Neville feud. Um, I would probably say, I think you got to look towards Cedric Alexander as a favorite. I think there's one other person that's coming in and that's why they won't show us the brackets. I'm convinced. Uh, Roger Strong is definitely going to look good in this whole thing. He's, I'm quickly uh, becoming a fan of his. Um, and it took me a while with Roger Strong cause he seemed like just real regular, but I, I saw, I saw it, you know, and Hideo Tommy probably had his best match in the company um, on 205 live. And I've given Hideo the blues from like, Day two, essentially. Um, so wait, it was better than the Alistair Black match from Brooklyn Three. Yes. Wow, that's that's high praise. Like I think I feel like that's like, it's cool either as good or so. better. Like, but okay. it, it wasn't a strong. Right, I'm check that out. Like, like, it wasn't a strong style match. It was like an athletic striking match. I would say, like, it wasn't like, hey, huh. you stand here, I stand here, we beat the hell out of each other. <laughs> it was like, let's both, you know, show our strengths. We'll go back and forth. We'll make it dramatic, and then Roger Strong kind of picked up the upset win because, you know. Him being an outsider, we didn't know that they would put him over a Tommy like that. And it being the first round, they've really stacked this thing. So I'm excited to see where it goes. But um, James, I, you know, I think that's pretty much it for uh, the show today. Uh, every, all the topics I have written down. Was there anything that you wanted to bring up? Uh, no, I think we covered it all. 
We got everything. Yep. So um, more Elimination yeah. Chamber talk as we get closer to the event. I didn't want to blow it all out now. Um, but Elias did get the victory over John Cena and Braun Strowman. Um, and that, I don't know why, but they just they just went ahead yeah, and did that. They be, yeah, they, they pinned John Cena that, so that Elias can come out last as opposed to, you know, just having him come out last. <laughs> Um, yeah, but, um, yeah, so make sure you guys check out all the other shows on the Social Suplex Podcast Network, Keeping It Strong Style, which I will be featured on their show, uh, dropping on Tuesday, the SMC Podcast, as well as the Ricky and Clive show. Um, we're looking into getting these, um, these Suplex shirts, uh, popped off, so look out for those soon, hopefully, um. They, uh, you can also check me out on the YouTube channel. I'm dropping these rap reviews for all the major events. The last one was Royal Rumble. I embedded it on the end of the show, the podcast version last week. Make sure you guys give us a rating and a review on this video. If you're seeing that on YouTube, um, if you are seeing this on Facebook, just keep hitting us with likes and all that. We appreciate it. Um, and also, you know, stay uh, thank you for the support for the Lattice Lariat series. Uh, I had a column drop this week where it was the best candidates to switch brands in the 2018 uh, WWE Superstar Shakeup. Uh, I mean, you can find that on Lords of Pain. But um, I think that's all. So, anything before you get we, uh, you want to bring before we get up out of here, James? Nah, just ready for Black Panther. They've been ready for Black Panther four years, and I'm ready now. So, let's do it. Us. <laughs> uh, and that's going to wrap it up, y'all. We out of here. Wakanda.